Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamily Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hola, hola. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. I am here with Didi Said, and Didi is coming to us with great information on teen violence. So let me tell you who's Didi. Didi is the author of It Doesn't Start With a Punch. She speaks against violence while also advocating for healthy relationships. In addition to her full-time work in the nonprofit sector, she recently volunteered with youth for seven years, mentoring and engaging them to learn about healthy character traits and to be aware of risks associated with what many deem normal teenage activity. With the help of others, she also created opportunities for teens to help youth and families in their community. Didi, I'm so excited to have you here. I've started my history with working with adolescents. That's just been who I am, right? And so to have someone on the show to share and to talk about teen violence is super important. And so just, I always ask my guests, tell us your story. So. Well, thank you so much. I am just super excited to be here today and um, on your show and being able to raise awareness about teen dating violence. So just a little bit about me. Um, as a teenager, I was in an abusive dating relationship. You know, it started very subtly and, and grew and I just kind of got lost in it and didn't know how to get out. So it was it was three years before I found the courage to leave that and, you know, uh, went on, got married, became a mom, have two wonderful kids. And about 10 years ago, I really just felt God press on my heart to start sharing my story in order to help others understand how subtly it goes and recognize the warning signs and um, just be able to help other people. I love it, Didi. And I thank you for sharing your story about your own experience, um, in relationships in the past with teen violence. So tell me what motivated you to then write this book. So you've been in the nonprofit sector and now you are working with adolescents and now you're like, let me just write this book that it doesn't start with a punch. <laughs> so, right. So really the, the, the working with the teens came about as I was researching for the book. So so I had a bad concussion, and uh, after six weeks of not being able to, to trying to work through the concussion, I was put on medical leave, and I went out into the backyard, and I, you know, I was, I was scared. Things hadn't improved the way that they were supposed to improve. I was hopeful that after six weeks of rest, I would be back at work, and I was trying to make myself feel better about things. And so I was thinking about the things that I had to be grateful for. And so I thought about my house and I realized that it could be taken away if I wasn't able to go back to work. And I thought about my family and I worried about being able to provide for them if I couldn't go back to work. And I realized that the only true thing that we have to count on in this life is God. And as, as that thought struck me and I and I was grappling with that I had a lot of shame come up and I realized it was shame from things I had done 
while in that relationship. Premarital sex was a big one uh, for me. And, and so as I began to kind of work through that, I realized that when that, when that relationship was over, I had slammed the door on it and just moved on with my life, but I hadn't taken the time to heal from it. And so I really started digging in to heal from that relationship. And that's when I felt moved to write the book, to help others understand it, to recognize the warning signs, to if a parent had a loved one in a relationship like that, you know, to be able to understand it and why it was hard for them to leave and then how to help them leave that relationship. And so it was in doing the research for that that I really got um, involved with the the kids and trying to find protective factors that or protective activities that keep them away from the risky behaviors of being yeah. a youth. Can you share, do you mind sharing some of that research that you were doing as far as like statistics on teen dating violence? Because we, again, we often do not talk about it. When we look at domestic violence, it is really centered around an adult couple. Um, but we don't often talk about adolescents and teenagers and teen dating violence. I think um, there might be maybe some shame in talking about it for parents because they're still children. Um, and it, you know, and sometimes they say whatever happens in the home is a reflection, et cetera. So can you just share some, some data that you've collected? Sure. So it's one in, this one always staggers me. One in three teenage girls will be in an abusive relationship, whether it's emotional, verbal, physical, sexual, or all of them. One in three girls between the ages of 16 and 24. Um, what kind? Yeah, yeah, it's it's high. You know, I mean, you think of a, a classroom of thirty kids, ten of those ten of those people are going to be in an abusive dating relationship. And for boys, it's not quite as high. It, it's one in ten, but they can still be in an abusive relationship as yeah. you know the victim in an an abusive Absolutely. relationship. And it's interesting that you talked about boys because we often don't talk about that, right? We're always talking about girls being in um in dating relationships. So thank you for sharing that data. Just, you know, super important, sure. especially as a mom of a boy, you know, those are things that we kind of think about and worry about. He's a sweet kid. Um he's a, he's 18 years old and so you sometimes think, wow, because he's so sweet, is someone going to kind of take advantage or um will he allow uh some of these behaviors? So thank you for sharing that. So I am really curious to know, in the cyber world, how would we know the signs? So I think twofold, right? I'm jumping ahead. Number one, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about what are the signs of teen dating violence. And then I want to talk about how we incorporate the cyber world into it. Okay. So the signs are really subtle and they can be hard for somebody else to pick up. Like their name calling, putting the person down. It could be raising their voice, not respecting the other partner's feelings. For for me, it was he started telling me that I wasn't smart. And when I would speak back and say that I was taking harder classes, he would turn it and say, well, but you you don't have common sense. You're not going to survive in the real world. Or I played tennis and he would tell me that I was clumsy. No wonder I wasn't or not coordinated. No wonder I wasn't better at at tennis than I was and and these are all you know hurtful things and you're not going to go share them and bounce them off of somebody else and so you carry them inside and and like I said you'll you'll speak back to it but they tend to 
you know, continue to voice or maybe tell you it was just a joke. And so for for a parent or friends, some some of the warning signs to look for is a teen that was outgoing, might be quiet now, one that was involved in activities, starts to withdraw from that those activities. Um, maybe they're not as engaged in home. They tend to hang out in their room a little bit more. Those are some of the early warning signs to look for. So now in this cyber age, right, kids are stuck on their phones, right? They are in relationships where they now there's this new thing where you have to fall asleep. And I say have to quote in air quotes, fall asleep on FaceTime with your partner on the phone. And these are teenagers who have to go to school the next day. And I've heard teenagers say, well, she gets mad if we don't go to sleep together on FaceTime or, um, you know, like there's a control piece to it. So there's a few things I'm bringing up with um, the cyber world, right? It's that there are parts of it that parents can't really don't jump into because if you're a parent like myself who falls asleep early, I don't know if you're falling asleep on FaceTime with someone unless I'm I'm up late or whatever not. So it's like that 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 piece, that connected piece that could also be a sign of something that isn't healthy. Um, in addition to text message threads, if you also want to be a parent who is trying to teether between independence and dependence while also trying to kind of supervise and and not invade privacy, then it's hard for you to kind of see. So it makes it difficult, I guess, to understand signs that a parent would see because of the cyber world. But can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So, you know, I dated 30 or him in, in the abusive relationship 30 years ago. So it it was a little bit different, but, but I have read and heard quite a bit that, you know, today it can be that instant response, you know, and and if one of the dating partners doesn't respond fast enough, then there's harassment of what were you doing? Why can't you text back Mm -hmm. quickly? Exactly what what you said, keeping the other person up at night, you know, wanting to keep tabs on them. I've also heard about, you know, wanting the password shared so that maybe the abuser has access to the other person's phone at all time to check who they're texting, what they're doing on social media. So, you know, just talking with your teen then and and maybe asking some of those questions to find out what dating looks like. Or, you know, one of the things that I always share is take these warning signs before your teen starts dating or, or even after. And if, if you're worried about what their relationship is like and share the warning signs with them or, or one of the websites on my resources tab, like, um, Love is respect. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some great quizzes on their website, and and maybe that will help a teen see things that are unhealthy, and and recognize them. But but definitely, cyber nowadays takes the abuse up a whole nother notch. Whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so much more control in it. Yeah, absolutely. So, what are some of the tools that you can share with regards to supporting a teen who? might be in a, a, a violent relationship and or maybe entering the dating world and might not pick up on signs and cues? So first, I, I, you know, I think it starts with the friendships that our kids have. If they've got friends that are, and I did, I, sh- I should say that my friendships were really good. They were respectful. We supported, supported each other, encouraged each other. So just speaking into that that's what a child should 
expect out of a dating relationship as well. Um, some of the things that are warning signs is if they want all of your time or the majority of your time, mm. if they, you know, do they value what you value? Do you have things in common? Um, do they speak nicely to you, treat you respectfully, value your beliefs? You know, the, all of those kind of character traits are important. But if a teen has gotten into a relationship and you suspect that they might be in an abusive one or even an unhealthy one, you know, one, I would say start with supportive comments because if they are in an unhealthy or abusive relationship, their self-esteem is lowered. Mm -hmm. They're less confident of themselves. So it's going to be hard for, they're not just going to, usually they will not just open up and, and share this information. And I should say, I didn't tell anybody else while I was in this relationship for right. three years. When it was over, I, I told my, my best friend from high school and I didn't tell my sister or my parents for 20 years after the relationship. And that's pretty normal. So, and my parents had approached me. So in an approaching somebody it is unlikely that they're going to immediately be open to it. And so just sharing the information, encouraging them, reminding them that you think that they're a person of a lot of worth and things that are of value in them. And then if they do start to open up about it or share things that they're questioning, be careful to listen more than to talk mm -hmm. and just continue to support Never doubt what they're saying. Never question what they're saying. Just believe it and offer as much support as you can. And then, like I said, pointing them to the resources, maybe a counselor. If they're in an abusive relationship, knowing the steps to have a safety plan is really important. How to keep themselves safe if they want to continue being in that relationship for a while and definitely when they're ready to leave it. That's when you know we typically hear the news stories of you know, when it's when a dating relationship has gone really bad and somebody's gotten injured or, or even killed, that's usually at the end of the relationship when one person's trying to leave. Yes. Yeah, that that those are always hard to see um in the news is is when it ends in tragedy. Um so thank you for sharing um those tools. So speaking about resources, can you share with the listeners, some resources that they can have for a parent who's listening, a teenager or a parent who wants to send this to an adolescent as far as resources for them? Sure. You know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but for somebody that's not sure, my, my book is hopefully a great There you resource. go. Got to plug it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not to, I've just, from the people that have, it, it's had two things. From the people that have read it, it's helped them see how slowly it starts. And I've put a lot of factual information and statistics in it um, to kind of, you know, just, just support where I was at in the, in the story. But, and then there's a whole section on how to help somebody get out of a relationship. But, but past the book, the National Domestic Violence Hotline mm -hmm. is a great resource, as well as Love is Respect. That's the, the teen version of it. And both of them have hotlines. They've got online chat. Youth.gov has a list of dating resource or violent, you know, abusive dating resources. And then most states also offer local resources. So maybe checking with the local police department. 
And then at this point, most schools should have procedures and rules in place for if one student has been in an abusive relationship with another, how to keep them safe on campus. Love it. I love it. Didi, you have provided us with so much useful and important knowledge, your book, resources, signs, things to look out for, tools, etc. Where can people find you? And where can people purchase your book? So the the book is on Amazon. It should be on other retailers as as well. And then my website is Build Strong Foundations. I'm also on Facebook at Building. <laughs> so the <laughs> Facebook one has the ing after it, um, but building strong foundations there. And this month being uh, National Awareness Month for Teen Violent Dating Relationships, I'm listing all of the warning signs and and the side effects of it. You know, the just the toll that it takes on the teen that's in an abusive relationship. Yes, yes, absolutely, guys. As you know, February is National Teen Violence, and so I will. Um, be ensuring that we have this episode up and so that we can share them. Thank you so much, Didi, for being here with us and for gracing your presence with all of this knowledge and tools and resources. Um, I truly, truly appreciate this conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you helping to increase awareness about this and, and help keep other teens safe. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So tune in. Go to those resources that you need um, and please share this episode with a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, especially. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.